in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. Just a reminder. Keep swinging. back to in the cabbage i'm your boy tommy swam to my right or your left andrew Witt. what up what up we are back for another one back on the couch back on the grind feels good feels great feels right feels, feels really right and it feels every it's we've said it a couple times before if we don't having the best day or something's going on it's getting a little crazy whatever something's dragging in your mm-hmm. life i don't know I'm never like, it's always one of those things like, wow, we got to like, I got to go record. It's like, it is a lot. Right. But when we're doing it, it feels, feels right. It feels like, um, feels right at home. Getting the cabbage a bit here. It feels like, um, even though we're not making any money from this yet, but it feels like we're doing something productive outside of our jobs that helps me motivate myself. Sure. When I feel like you said, feel down. Like a, just a side project or something like that for me for this like thing uh, we're doing is just nice just to do mm-hmm. and like learning new skills I didn't think I'd ever learn how to do. It's fun, right? Like it's also just fun, and we're talking about you know a lot of it. We're talking about like fun, trendy stuff, but a lot of it's you know thoughts, stuff that we're working on. Totally. So it kind of reinforces it as well, and it, it it's also a little check too. It's a little. Uh, it holds you accountable in a, in a certain sense. Yeah, because we kind of fallen into a routine now, mm-hmm. um, which is... I feel like I'm way more in tune with sports. Yeah, I'm Just starting to as pick, a whole, picking like, up on a lot more stuff here. Like I'm ready to like absorb as much information, and but also documentaries, how they go about their business. Yeah, I know. feel like I'm just looking at things differently. Like I'm also... also when I find something very interesting, I try to like really focus on it now. Like when I yeah. hear stories or something I pick up to bring to the podcast, I always try to understand it a bit better. I'm looking at sources a bit better, um, which is funny enough, I didn't. That's why one of these topics popped up. We might as well get right <laughs> into it. Um, my dad's, I saw an article for Caleb Williams debating not going to the NFL because he'd have to play for the Bears or the Browns or one of those teams that are awful. Right. And it was a fake Twitter account, so it, the article wasn't true. Caleb Williams never said that, but it got me thinking. You know, like like I told you earlier, Caleb Williams wouldn't be the first quarterback to deny going. You know, to a certain team. Eli Manning did it. Uh, John Elway did it, which is crazy. I didn't even know that was really a thing. Right. So essentially, it's like you say, "Don't draft me." One overall, first yeah. overall. And then they can just like draft you. If you do, you refuse to play. And then what? They're just going to lose their number one overall pick. No, almost always they're going to trade you. Right. Of course. So um, I was I was thinking like that's a ballsy play back in the day for Eli and John Elway to do that. Especially like well, John Elway, like the first guy to do it, like yeah. major big profile guy. That's, that's saying a lot. It's pretty ballsy because you don't have no back. You you know probably made money in college, but not enough to like survive off of. 
Um, injuries yeah. back then were a big deal. Like if you tore your Achilles back in like even Eli's days, like you may never come back. Right. Um, That's so true. You see a lot of players that tear Achilles, tear an ACL on their back in like eight months. Aaron like, Rodgers is walking currently basically without crutches. <laughs> I did not see that. That's He was wild. walking. I mean, like he had the crutches and they were helping him, but he was not like his leg wasn't. Yeah, hovering. Up. He was wow. well, he was using putting pressure on it. I mean, we're what three weeks out from surgery? Yeah, and that's and you know he got the the best of the best immediate. Of course, everything's perfect. Oh yeah, it. um, which just plays so perfectly into who he is. Like he's almost already walking. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Like so for me, like all this all this plays into it, right? Like if I was Caleb Williams, and I know I'm going to the Browns for NFL. More than anywhere else, I feel like you have to find a team that fits you. Basketball is very crucial for that, but almost always if you're on a shitty basketball team and you're their only option, iso ball the whole time. Right, and then you're just investing more time into a prospect and he's going to get better. Right. Going to touch the ball way more, take way more shots, in-game feel. Like, you know, that helps you Basketball, out like, has a, a more individual, like, aspect to it than football does. Yeah, agreed. Totally. Um, like, if you're Caleb Williams, like, the Bears suck, the line sucks, the D sucks, the quarterback coach sucks. Bears is just... Like, I you're mean, not going to... You go sign up for the Bears, you might as well just sign your life away. Right, there goes my career. At the moment. Browns, the Bears used way. to be really good. Yeah, Brian Erlacher days, Browns were just super fun to watch. It's just dangerous. That's I mean, dangerous. one man. of the few defensive players I've ever remembered their name of because he was just so mm -hmm. crazy. Um, he, I just think that... Like, why would you sacrifice going to that type of team and not go back for your fifth year if you're Caleb Williams? Let's and also because of the, I mean, the money is a big factor in it as well. Right. So now these guys are making money. I believe we looked this up earlier. Caleb Williams is making $2.6 million a year on NIL deals. I don't know the full aspect of what that pays out. I don't know if that's even brands or commercials. That might just be his contract with the college. I believe it's all like sponsorships. It's not with the college. The college I don't is not allowed to pay you because I kind of went through this. I was in the beginning stages of this when I was still coaching actually back in the day in 2019. Mm -hmm. This was kind of like starting to become a talk, starting to become a thing. And then it passed. And then I don't know when the first year went active. 21, maybe? Yeah, I think 2021. so. So it didn't happen right away when I was coaching. Was not coaching anymore after that. After a couple of years, I did it. I stopped in 2020. And that was really like when it was starting to surface. Right. Um, the college is still not allowed to pay you because you're still going to play for their school, like to go to like to go to college, right? But you're allowed to get individual like con like player contract deals with these companies. People sponsor you, this kind of stuff. Well, like their clothing company sponsor you. So like if yeah. you play for the Oregon Ducks, will Nike sponsor you? I'm not sure about that. And I don't okay. know if it's like an affiliation, but there is a contract that is signed with the college, with the company. Gotcha. And so I don't know if that would break contract or, you know what I mean? Like, or is this, does Caleb Wilson you know, technically fall underneath Nike because he's playing for the school. Maybe it has to be individual. I'm not, I'm not too sure right, about that. Right. So we'll have to do a little, uh, maybe my buddy over here with his new handy day laptop will look maybe real quick. I'm really going to like this picture. I, you know, I, yeah. I think it's gonna be fun. Maybe you can uh, Google NIL 
deal. Okay. And see if that, maybe a description, a quick one for us. Let's see. Um, but anyway, so back to what Caleb Williams was doing. It, you know, he's making $2.6 million. He's playing. Yeah, but let me let me hear that cash for that number one overall pick. Right. It was it's, 40. It's 47 million. $41 million. $41 million. $27 million signing bonus. Yeah, that's 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 un, big, ungodly big amount of money. Big money, right? Or it's maybe they rephrase it, guaranteed twenty seven. That would make more sense. Probably guaranteed twenty seven million out of the forty one, which is still in four a, years, a lot of money. Oh my god! Um, but, but to your credit, like if to your point, football really matters to you. And it's not about the money. You're gonna make that no matter what. If you go to a fifth-year senior, I feel like if Caleb Williams, worst-case scenario, right, let's say he makes the choice he doesn't want to go to the Bears, he stays at USC, he has another good year, maybe not excellent. It's a good year for him. Mm -hmm. He um, goes off and tears like an ACL midseason, right, and then ends up, you know, going to the draft next year. I don't think his draft stock would drop that much farther. If he got hurt and injured and got mm -hmm. tore the ACL, I don't think it would actually hurt him at all, really. I think he'd, he'd stay in the top five. Stay in the, maybe top 15. They're still making in the top 15 millions of dollars. Yeah, for sure. And you got to go to a team maybe that wasn't the Bears. And now you're at, um, now you're at Miami. Now you're at, you know, wherever, where you would be sure, I New mean, York. You can, you're in whatever you want to be at for, for a quarterback to thrive in. So I, I agree, and I see what you're saying, because back in the day, Eli Manning, John Elway, if you guys, like, you know, if they tore an ACL, they would need to, like, almost, like, re- you know, like reassure all the coaches that they can still play at the NFL level because right. everyone's like, I don't know if you're going to come back from the ACL injury. Like the, be same the same person. Exactly. Like now you tear an ACL, someone's like, okay, he'll be fine. He'll just we just saw Brees Hall. I know he's been like not so hot in the NFL recently. Right. But we watched a game together where he tore it up for like 175 yards. Looked and he, unreal. And it was like his opening night. It was like this dude tore an ACL like you know, nine and a half months ago, ten months ago. Like, Yeah, it's just to me like injuries now, like we were just talking about, don't matter as much. Right. Money, like he makes $2.7 million. He wins the Heisman this year. He's the, one of the front runners. USC goes to the playoffs. He Let's say he wins the Natty Champ this year. And the the NIL is going to be popping. He might make $8, 9000000 million next year. Gets to be on campus at USC for another year. Right. Gets to be with his coaches, his quarterbacks, his and maybe, people. And maybe like, you know, you're not going to fall to the Bears again. Right. One overall pick. Then like, you fall to whoever, or the Bears draft you, right? You're like, I'm going to the draft, or whatever. The Bears draft you, and now you say you have that bargaining chip. Yeah. Or you can yank out of the draft and go go play college, and or the, the Bears might draft and trade you. It's just more leveraging for college players, more leveraging for the individual person mm -hmm. that I find to be... Great. It's, it's interesting and it's enticing. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think you're going to see a lot of pro, like college football players. It also gives the athlete a reason to stay a little bit too. Right. Like if you're a basketball player, even, you know what I mean? You're going to go you could stay for a year, two or three, maybe. And you you're, know? you're really popular in your market. You're JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick would have made unlimited amount of money in college. Sure. 
and he had to stay all five years or whatever, how long he stayed for, four. Yeah, because he's not one of those like top 10 guys to be drafted, right? And maybe he would have been drafted to a team that would have just benched him. And he never would have sung the court, like a really bad organization. Sure. You know, and uh, you also look at, um, let's look at the other couple like quarterbacks who just got taken on the first four picks in the NFL. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And you got Bryce Young that got drafted first overall, went to the Carolina Panthers. And, and he's not even really playing right now. I mean, he's not playing because his team is just awful. I mean, it is just awful. It is just a one big garbage can pile of, you know, shit after another. <laughs> it's rough over there. It is tough. And then you look at CJ Stroud and he, they've got a team over there around him and he's doing way better over there. And he actually went to a head coach in my opinion, um, D'Amico Ryan is gonna is is a pretty solid head coach. Nice. And then same with Anthony Richardson, went to a better team, and he was like fourth overall. So I think it really is to your point, all lining up a little bit more towards you know enticing that player to stay in college one more year and kind of you know if he doesn't love his situation, it makes him play on both sides. And it also is nice too to get a little bit more familiarity. With the players in college, I, that's what I have a hard time with. Like these guys are just one and dones, and then they're in the NBA, and then I don't hear about them for a little while. Right, and then or in the NFL, like you go to a team, you don't perform. Like Quentin Johnston, right now, like buried, like can't find the ball, can't get the reps, and it just depends on where you go. Because maybe if he was on another team right now, he would be getting that time in reps, and just I think this adds more power to the player. And to the athlete, especially yeah. in college, and it can help people out a lot. And I'm I'm all for it. I guess it's tough though to once you start falling outside the top three, you don't really quite know where you're gonna go. So no. like you know, that's that's the only downside potentially once you start falling out of like the you know, the elite top right. picks. Um, but you know you're going to a place that's gonna need you. That's why they're drafting you though. Right. right? And it's you know, it, it makes sense for some. I just think it just adds so much like details like what Caleb Williams could do because like USC would do everything in their power to keep him one more year and they're going to be they have all the supporters all the connections right. in the world to potentially get him that money as well I don't know if they can advocate for them or the boosters they're like Caleb Williams is going to go can a billion dollar booster step in and throw 10 million dollars on top of this for us right that's probably the case. And then we'll throw you back whatever, 25% of the merch. I just don't know if it would have to be, you know, an investment into that company or if it's into the school. Through, like, Who that's, knows? I'm not sure. But I, what I did look up over here is just basic NIL, um, just like a terminology. So in its simplest form, name, image, and likeness. That's what NIL stands for. Beautiful. All right. So it obviously... Jerseys. It's, it's like your, you know, your polarity for you know you to like actually bring in companies i don't know if it's jerseys actually but probably it's a hundred percent jerseys it's a term that describes the means through which college athletes are allowed to receive financial compensation i know re refers to the use of athletes name image and likeness through marketing and promotional endeavors there you go so yeah um what the endeavors and marketing is it's probably like ads and it's probably Jersey sales. And mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, dude. So the college technically can sign you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Right. Because we're going to pay you for your name to be at our college. We're going to pay you a million dollars a year. 
and we get to use your name jersey or your name or whatever. And then they probably get money on top of the jersey sales and stuff like that. If they're yeah. probably working out contracts in sure. that way. But um, something also weird in football right now was the after you know exit game interview with uh, Chris Johnson. Rodney Harris was conducting the interview, and basically Rodney Harris is trying to have Chris Johnson, Chris Jones, Chris Jones. Thank yeah. you, Chris Jones. Talk shit on uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, so this is, I thought it was a little interesting when I saw that on Instagram because I still just saw like a quick reel. And this is after the Chiefs-Jets game on Sunday Night Football. And, you know, Chris Jones is, I would consider him probably the third best player on the Chiefs right behind Mahomes and then Kelsey. Yeah, he's number he's three. Really well spoken, dude. Does a great job. Seems really smart. Mm-hmm. Hell of a football player. Big dog out there. Oh, yeah. Very well spoken. Because, um, yeah, the dude, the reporter was trying to get him to, like, talk a bunch of trash. It's like, yeah, you know Zach Wilson sucks, right? We can all just agree. He's not very good. Yeah, and he totally kind of flips it on him and is like, well, no, like, I think they've got a lot of good pieces over there. And he's, you know, starting to get his feet underneath them. He's only been playing for three weeks now. You know, this is his third year in the league. And it's just so strange to see that you know, being on national television, like you're just supposed to be a reporter, ask him like what he thinks about how his team did, what they did well, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he's like leading the witness to, you know, like leading the horse to water here, trying to like, you know, say he's something. Just trying dumb. to bait him in, you know. And uh, he does a great job of kind of like denying it and, you know, switching it up and does a really great job. I don't know if he was just trying to be buddy-buddy with him, you know. Like, hey, like we're both friends. Let's, you know, I didn't know these mics were on national TV or in front of us, right. but well, he yeah. sucks, right? Let's keep and to be honest, fash. he looked great. He had a great game after a game he kept up with the Chiefs the whole game. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think that was the whole thing. He thought it wasn't a, like a fluke. Like, right. where did that come from? We all know he sucks, like kind of thing. I thought he played better than Mahomes at some points during the game. He looked great. Yeah. I, think, I do think he is starting to act like a starting quarterback. He's taking it all in stride. Um, he's got unreal, harsh critics right now. The dude was never going to see the field. Well, he started. If, if, well, they started. Oh, yeah. If Aaron right. Rodgers Rodgers was healthy, he would have never seen the field no. this year. His year, This was his year to, like, learn and grow and possibly be the next guy. And he just got thrown into this whirlwind of... I'm in second yeah. here permanently. No matter what he did in training camp, no matter how hard he played, he was never going to get that starting position. And they are paying Aaron Rodgers and here you go. million. <laughs> here you go, fourth fourth down, like fourth play in the drive, and he's torn Achilles out for a year. Yeah, it's crazy. Even though it looks like he's going to come back sooner than that. <laughs> um, yeah, we know the Achilles takes a hot minute, though. That's, there, dude, that's he's brutal. claiming he's going to make it back in regular season. No, there's no way. He's claiming he's going to play football. I, did, I know. I saw the reports. He's like, I'm actually like making a way quicker recovery. I'm like, dude, I feel like it takes a minimum of like eight, nine months. I, I would one. agree. If I tore my Achilles, oh. I'm out for two years. <laughs> like, I'm not doing anything any more athletic. Zero. Like, I'm sure I like, yes, a normal human being. But you know, Aaron Rodgers is rubbing like bee pollen on it. 
and like <laughs> Ashawanga. Yeah, and he's like doing like he's like slapping it at night or some weird thing he's doing. He's got this weird Asian potion shipped straight from Taiwan. Yeah, he's just rubbing it right on the Achilles, and it <laughs> smells like shit. But Nano robots are just coming out there and just yeah, <laughs> it's whatever you know. He's got some weird stuff going on, but it's just um interesting that a, like a reporter would do that. It just didn't look great, um, but also kind of brought me into this next thing. Totally. So Trey Turner. Like, for people who don't know, is a baseball player. He plays on the Philadelphia Nationals now, the Phillies. And he was a Dodger, signed a huge contract, millions of dollars. I think it was 11-year, 300 milli. Yeah, 11-year, 300 milli. Big, right. big one. And, um, of course, when you're getting paid that money. And in Philadelphia, historically, they're awful fans. Some of the hardest fans you can ever, ever imagine. Mm-hmm. They're just historically they boo their football, their basketball, and their baseball super heavy. They call them the Boo Birds in Philadelphia for the Eagles. Like they just boo. And um, you know he was playing awful. He went from batting second in the lineup to eighth. His batting average was two thirty seven, which is his lowest of his career. And this is all while booing is happening. Right. And he was a dynamite player for the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Don't know how long, four or five years. Yeah, I mean, good while was their bet was arguably their best player at times, hitting over sure. hitting over three hundred mm-hmm. and stealing a ton of bases. Yeah, he was just a baller, great shortstop, unreal. Mm-hmm. Then one of the like super fans makes a video saying, "Hey, if we're at the game today, let's just not boo him. Let's just cheer him. Let's give him a standing O." And sure enough, Phil, like Philadelphia, listen, everyone gave him a standing out. Not just for like one at bat, for all of his at bats. All of his at bats, everything he did, every time he touched the field, like they just started cheering for him. And he immediately, overnight, was better. He went to third best position player in all of baseball in his position. He started batting 328, which is one of his highest of his career after the cheering. Nuts. Like overnight, essentially. He put yeah. out billboards about like thanking Philadelphia for doing that. He made, you know, like now they're one of the best teams in baseball. They have a chance to win the pennant this year. And it's just all um, so crazy. And I just really kind of showed you to me like what like having people cheer for you on your team can do to you instead of like booing you. And it really shows like what having the good people around you really means. Yeah, totally. It's totally true. Like, I don't know, like booing somebody. Yeah, if I, I always put, I would have like put myself into that situation and it already feels tough when you're screwing up all the time. You right. don't want to screw up. That's why you're like competing and you're like, you want to play for your team. You're already letting your teammates down. You're already letting your fans down. You're already letting yourself down Mm -hmm. because you're playing shitty. And then like, you got to hear just like constant, like just a parade of booze and name calling and hate mail. And like, I'm sure, well, I know for a fact, actually, there's probably death threats. Oh, for sure. Over in Philly. I mean, they're, all over the place just for any athletes at that caliber of, of a level. But why would you like want to play for a, for a team and for a city if you're getting booed, even though you're trying your best and yeah, maybe there's slumps, whatever, but I wouldn't want to go play 
for a city that's booing me and I'm getting a bunch of hate mail. Yeah, like it's, I get it's, it's cool. Like they have passion and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's like I couldn't. I need. I need. Like I'm very much a guy who needs positive reinforcement. Right. I love a good attaboy. Yeah. You know, like um, that to me motivates me to do better. Like having the confidence for my teammates to like ha- give me confidence helps a lot. If I'm like, I just, a, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm the same way. I get yeah. very deflated. Yeah. You know, I get I already already beat myself up. I kind of already doubt myself at times. I don't need, you know, hundreds of other people doing that for me too. Right. And so it's it's pretty crazy because, you know, you were mentioning that this could potentially change the way that fan bases are looking at, you know, it's I'm sure it's maybe brought to light a little bit more of the mental health side of the stuff that's been going on. But mm-hmm. certainly that's like the positive self-talk. It might change how fans direct messages towards players going I, through good or bad times. I think it's you might see a huge shift in Philadelphia fandom. I bet you they're going to start cheering their players that they really want prospecting more. They're going to cheer their teams on more, more support. Because the booing isn't helping. We like I get it, it's going to keep happening. That's just the type of fans of people they are. And I don't want that to stop. I love the booing. At times, I find it very necessary, especially for other teams or all that other stuff. And um, I just f- like find that if you have a rookie or somebody on your team that is really struggling, I like booing him isn't going to help anything. Like you're right. not going to breed confidence in him as a fit, like a fan group and his teammates. If you're booing, you know, like um, if you're Zach Wilson, like being booed by the jets, isn't helping anyone. Right. And so I feel like it's just going to maybe shift up the uh, sports scene a bit. I think it might. I think it might because you think about all these guys that just get buried under this stuff. And Zach Wilson's one of those guys, too. Like, he gets so much crap. Same with, like, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones gets so much crap, you know, and they play for these massive teams. Right. And, like, huge contracts. And I, I think it's going to keep happening. People are always going to give people crap. It's just part of it, and some of it's deserved, and I get that. But, like, let's – the constant, like, booing isn't going to help your team. Like, mm-hmm. sure, do it for a while, cheer for your band, but I think it is going to shift Philadelphia's culture a little bit. It'll be I hope pretty, it might. I think it might. You know, it, it really might. Uh, but someone who I wanted to boo all weekend <laughs> yeah. last week was the USA team at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I'm still booing them. It was piss poor. Yeah. Um, we just never showed up. It was awful, dude. Just Awful. Like abysmal the whole way through. It didn't one. It didn't look like we were fired up, ready to play. We didn't have any fire, energy, gas. We had. I mean, apparently Zach Johnson told the world that we were by like battling a little bit of a uh, a bug or a little congestion bug, and that's maybe why they were coming out a little flat. I was like, okay, well. Just pop some Dayquil in there and let's go compete. Come on now. Yeah, we got. Like, we've got a. Like, it's a, not an excuse. I think he kind of sinus said infection. Not, I can say it was kind of an excuse. I don't remember the exact end score. Do you remember it? I don't, but I can look it up right over yeah. here. Yeah, um, it's a lot. It was, actually it turned out to be closer than it was because of the which is Sunday, which is typical for USA to do. 
Um, we're just better Sunday golfers um, than they are. But we just came out, lost all four matches, the morning pairing. I think we won one because of draws the next. Um, just all the way through. Just a I thought we were... Yeah, the Friday round was really deflating because the Friday round, we came out in the morning, went over four, but then we had the opportunity to get three points in the afternoon and make it 5-3, and Europe just shut the door right on our faces. Yeah, just made like eagle putts, just long birdie putts. They On the 18th hole alone, they made a one-and-a-half point switch around. And once that happens, and you go 5-3 after day one, I believe, that changes your whole momentum of your Ryder Cup. After that happened, it was pretty much pretty much GG from there. Yeah, final score in total was 16.5 to 11.5. Great. I mean, not the worst blowout ever. So we beat them there. Last you know, last Ryder Cup, we had the biggest margin of victory in the history of the Ryder Cup. Do you remember Historic, what that one was? It was 19 to 6. Yeah, that was that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like it was just they were they had nobody good that I mean they had players that just were so literally they were so out of their prime, and their young players just weren't on the same scale as the rest of our field. Where like you know Rory McIlroy was their best player and he wasn't even in the top ten at the world at the time. Yeah, he was a little out of form. He was so working on a couple things. He was working like our whole team was. Um, you know, we don't need to get into individual games and individual matches. Um, Unless something pops up. Um, my biggest takeaway from it, Max Homa is an absolute baller. If he wasn't iffy on that, you know, round, wow. Like, so glad he came part of our team here. He was balling. Yeah, he was balling. And he, he also put forth a little bit of fire as well and passion. And that was great. And people rallied behind that. So I wanted, yeah, I, I'm, I second that. I wanted to shout him, shout him out as well. Who would you like from Europe? Who was your uh, star performer for Europe? Uh, I mean, I thought it was Victor Hovland. I mean, he looked unreal. Yeah, he was unbelievable. As soon as he chipped in on the whole one off the green. Untouchable. Right. I mean, then you also have to shout out Rory. Rory, because he went four and one. Won four points for them. Was the highest point scorer. Won four matches, dude. That's ridiculous. And you're playing all five matches. Yeah, he played everything. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's so great for Rory. I mean, I love... Love that European side. It's hard for me not to cheer for them. We got Ludwig Ebert mm-hmm. playing as well. Um, you know, fun little tangent here. What a story for Ludwig when he, they come out with a documentary. He's one of the best golfers of all time. And he went to the Ryder Cup and absolutely performed. Yeah. And people were raving about him too. He absolutely performed. He won, he won both of his foursome match, his, uh, matchups. Yeah. 0-1 in four ball. And he went two and two overall. And he played against Brooks Kepka the final day. Like that's they threw him against one of the best players on US. You know, who he was playing yeah. very well for us. Totally. Um for me, like the really disappointing stars in this are Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler. Um, you you don't expect that from Jordan. Are you kind of do every once in a while? He goes. Through, it feels like he's been going through these slumps on and off for a hot minute. Um, it's just not the course to bring him out at. I'm sorry. He's just a wild golfer, and he's just always, always, always in the cabbage. And that cabbage was thick. Yeah, over it was there. a thick boy cabbage. Yeah, dude. 
And we love we love being in the cabbage out here. But when you're playing golf and you're playing that level, like you could not if you're in the thick stuff, no matter where you at, basically unless you're greenside, you're not getting greenside. I love period. Jo- I, I'm with you. <clears throat> I love Jordan. Jordan's a great golfer. Always ride for him. But you or I could have been out there playing in his position. He didn't look very great. Put me in the like in a foursomes or four ball, and like I swear to you, dude, it was like on twelve of the eighteen holes, he like picked up his ball at at some points during the round. I don't know what he shot. It seemed like it just threw like viewership eyes. Maybe I was being a little harsh because I was trying to pull for the boys and I was getting a little upset that we weren't bringing it. Right. But our best duo, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. We're getting their asses kicked. And Jordan Spieth was basically just taking himself out of the hole. And it was just JT playing against two other guys. Two of their, well, some of their, I mean, not even their best. They're better. Like, they're better. I mean, they're all balling out, though. Right. I think think he lost to Shane Lowry and somebody else. And Sepp Straka. Yeah, like, one of the days. Like, that's tough. But, like, the really shocking one for me is Sky Scheffler. Sky Scheffler coming into this was the golfer's number one overall has been from T to almost the green, the best player on tour statistically. Yeah. No, he did he did put up the best T to green strokes gained in in the shot link era, whatever they call it, um, in history. Yeah, and just couldn't just can't putt. And he also shot he almost broke or tied Tiger Woods's average score on the PGA tour per round. His average score was 67.85. And it just couldn't come out and win anything. Which is crazy, dude. Crazy. I mean, got two draws the whole tournament. People, people said that he had the best or the closest or best, best ball striking season than, you know, compared to like 2000 Tiger. That's like crazy. That, that's, when you come it's, in, it's those two players that have like the best ball strike. And if you seasons. think about that, like who choked harder, Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler? It looked like Scotty, dude. He couldn't do anything. He also lost nine and seven with Brooks. Yeah, you can't lose nine and seven. You with lost Brooks. nine and seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And now, Grand, they were on fire, but like still nine and seven. I don't give Brooks. a damn. You can't You're Brooks, make Kepka and Scotty Scheffler. I don't give a damn. You can't make. A combined four birdies together. I just, at some point, yeah. Brooks Kepka and Sky like, Scheffler on any other course on any other tournament would wipe the floor with basically besides Victor Hovland. Rob. Crazy dude, crazy. When I saw that, I just yeah, it was just such a disappointing Ryder Cup. Um, I love, you know, people were talking about should course designers still be designing courses to favor teams? Yes. There's a hundred percent need to keep happening. Um, they also need to, yeah, they can, they can choose whatever course that they want to play in. I feel like that should still, that should still happen for sure. Because it would help mitigate the big blowouts like this, but USA made a Ryder cup. If you're worried about Europe, I feel like Europe has the bodies now. Like, they're a much better team overall than they were to the prior Ryder Cup. Like, I feel like that wouldn't happen now if you bought those guys to Whistling Straits. We would probably, like, still win. Because of our, so. di- our distance at the time. And every, every one of our players was just playing out of their minds. But it would be much. it would be a much closer battle. 
It would be. Totally. I, and I... You got Victor Hovland that's playing at an unbelievable le- level. You have a lot of young rising stars. And then you got a couple of veterans in there that are just, you know, what you're going to get from. And it's just um, surprising that people want to change anything with this, really. Also, the whole pay thing, because these players don't get paid. Um, yeah, yeah what's, sh- your, what's your thought on that? They shouldn't get paid. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Like, getting- I don't care if you... what How, they're, how much do you think they're really going to pay you? They're not going to pay you millions. They're going to pay you 250000 Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. I'm sure. But at the same... Like, dude, it's for three days of golf. Get your ass over to Rome. I'm sure it's all comped. Hop, Everything there is comped. Hop on a private flight. Right. Go go to your like crazy suite. Go play at an immaculate golf course with all the prestige that guys are like guys are dying to be on. And you're gonna complain about not getting paid for three days of golf. Like really get over the, it. Like really truly get over. When it. you I I don't know. It's not me, but I'm taking the side with you. Get over it. You make $10 million already. These are top of the, the best golfers. And it's not, these guys aren't hurting for money. These are the best golfers in America that we can basically, that we want to bring along. I heard you also get a $200,000 donation to a charity of your choice. in Which your tax write-off. In your name. Right. It's still, it's still a donation. That's a form of, of payment in a way, but it's a form of like giving back. Yes, it's a tax write-off for mm-hmm. sure, but it's better than nothing. I guess, like I, I mean, don't know, like I, then you what? You go on vacation in Rome afterwards with your family. Yeah, Patrick Hanley got married. Like I don't know, probably in Rome right after that. Like not that tough. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, and it's more. This should be more. Put on, money. put on the U.S. hat. Yeah, unless don't, it doesn't fit, buddy. It fits. <laughs> You're telling me they can't get a hat for Patrick Hanley. Rory did it two years ago. <laughs> Rory's got an, an insanely small head. I know he did that for the Ryder Cup, but it was not for that reason. Right. Put on the hat. Stop complaining. And then, like, it started becoming a thing. And they, I don't know. There's lots of rumors about this, but I feel like if you're going to come to this event, it is what it is. They're not going to change it. I hope they don't change it. It kind of feels like a camaraderie, like college truly like for your country like i know the pga tour and commercial and companies are like benefiting from this but go out there and compete stop complaining about money yeah i mean it's not like they're not now are you having to pay for your caddy to get that out there are you having to pay for you to get out there what extra expenses are you paying for then okay i can understand wanting some money or a stipend for that type of stuff to be covered but I assume the Ryder Cup covers every single aspect of it. Let's put it this way. Um, that's a golf trip for us. So if we had $10 million in our pocket, are we going to go play in the Ryder Cup and pay for everything out of pocket? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> it's even... Like, like, you're fine. I get it. I'm sure your sponsors would even help get you out there if you were really worried about that much. But to me, it just doesn't... It's, you don't need to worry about it. I'm, yeah, that's that's exactly my point. Right. What are we doing here? I thought it was so. I thought it was kind of ridiculous. It was. It started to get under my skin a little bit towards the end there because like it started becoming such a big thing. I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Now there's like four guys on the team that don't have hats on. 
and they're like taunting and like it's getting a little heated out there. Tensions are tensions are flying high. Yeah, but that's part of it. Like, you think totally. the American fans in New York are going to be any nicer? No, definitely not. Like, they're going to be ruthless. They're going to be ruthless. And I get it. Like, like these European players can also be very annoying. And I'm sure they're ruthless. They're also probably extremely hard to understand when they're yelling at you, anyways, because their accents are all fucking crazy Got a bunch over of, like, there. Marbles in their mouth over there. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of marble <laughs> mouths yelling at you. Um, I just don't get it. Like why? Why do you need this money? Like you they get, have, they get paid 20. for the President's Cup, though. Right, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I, I thought it was. I'm sure they will start to pay up. I thought it was quite silly, but to me, it just doesn't um, make any sense. And another thing, the last little story I want to talk about is Joe Lacava out there getting chippy with uh, Rory. We didn't really talk about you and I very much. The long and the short of it is they're making fun of a guy who we're talking about who doesn't wear a hat because of money or because it's whatever too big. And um, his caddy, they're getting booed the whole time. They're chanting about the hat. And on the 18th hole, Patrick Cantley makes a bomb of a putt to win the match for them on the 18th hole Mm -hmm. to breed life back into the USA was such a huge hole and a huge win that there was a little glimmer of hope that we might have pulled it back. And Joe LaCava and a bunch of USA guys take off their hat and start waving it around. Joe LaCava is a caddy. He's on the green. And he's kind of ish next to Rory. And he kind of walks near Rory. Rory's not really by his ball at this point. Right. He's not even really like next to it or lining it up or anything. He's like basically on the right about to walk to his ball to start Mm -hmm. doing that. And Joe kind of gets in his face by just like waving his the hat. Rory says something to him and it becomes a huge deal in golf, which is so typical for golf. There's any drama. People are clinging on to that. Right. Like if there's any sort of weirdness to golf, then like the insults and the behavior is such a big thing, a big part of it. And uh, Rory took offense to it. And I guess, you know, and Joe Cava to me, like a little out of hand, you can't really walk after a player when he's playing. Yeah. Like you can't really do that. The initial reaction with Rory saying something to him and him still waving the hat, zero issue with that. Could not give a shit. Like that's totally fine. It's the walk at him after. Totally. That is no good. And I understand that it's bad business. It's bad, like, move. But at the time, I didn't really give a shit. Kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, we needed something. We needed, we were, uh, if the only person who was going to bring a fire was a caddy. Thank God a caddy does. Right. Walks after Rory. Rory misses the putt. I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to make it after that. And... Uh, just up until that point, I really there was there, you were right. There's there was absolutely zero life left in U.S. They needed to win that point, and then we needed a little chippiness and fire. And so, what well, like if that's the biggest thing about golf, then like whatever, we just need to be a little bit more of a little tougher skin in that situation. For sure. Like I think he goes like birdie, birdie, birdie to win it. He like pulls it back, 16, 18. I think Patrick Canley alone birdies all three. Yeah, because Wyndham Clark can't put a ball on the field. Wyndham Clark, exactly what I thought was going to happen. Wyndham Clark and Brian Hartman just didn't bring enough X Factor. Oh, it was tough. 
the Wyndham Clark situation, had beautiful drives on 18, mm-hmm. and then just whacking a four iron 60 yards right of the green. And then, like, almost hitting his chip shot into the water and then chipping and then missing a putt for, like, six. And I'm like, bro, you were 245 out. Right. On a par five, and you take bogey? That's something that I would do. Like, right. That's that's <laughs> tough. But uh, after it, Roy gets, you know, Joe Lacava and Roy and a bunch of U.S. or a new uh, European players, like, talk about it. And afterwards, Roy McIlroy is screaming at Bones, another caddy, at the end of it. And I thought um, that was going to change tides for the Europe versus USA. I thought USA had a better opportunity now that Rory was that fired up. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think Rory had the composure or the fire to bring that back down. He always seems like a very composed player to me. He doesn't seem like he plays with that uh, grit like Tiger would. Mm-hmm. Like if that happened to Tiger, you might as well kiss your tournament goodbye. Right, it's a rap dog. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> if a caddy's walking after Tiger and Tiger's that heated after the match, screaming at somebody like that. That's where he comes back and wins nine and eight the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I didn't think Rory was that guy. But sure enough, proved me wrong and came out and played great. Europe played great. They all got it done, and congratulations to them. I mean, hold the biggest L still in the whole um, tournament itself. I think um, going over to New York, going to Bethpage Black, I think that's going to be really cool. That's going to be a goal of ours to go to one of these Ryder Cups. Um, but, But at this next one... Who do you want to see captain the team? Because um, I want to hear your thoughts on your um, your thoughts on Zach Johnson as well. Um, and overall, I don't know how much captains really make a difference in these types of things. Uh, if I was a captain, a lot of it would just be me asking who wants to play with who. And I think the USA players need to get away from that. I think Europe did a really good job of doing money ball, essentially. And I think we need to get to more money ball situations. You don't think we, you have, you've been coaching the team for a year and a half or like, you know, you're working on stuff for a year and a half. You don't think they have like a, like a mess. I think they've got like a message, what they're trying to do. I feel like it's a little bit more than just like selecting matchups. Okay. So they're more in depth and he did awful. I, th- I yeah, mean, I think it's the lineups like- were garbage. Uh, we don't get to know who we're playing against, but I thought the pairings were awful. It should be very much money ball. Um, Agreed. For me, for the most part. If I mean, you have Wyndham Clark playing with, you know, another crazy long hitter. Why are we doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Let's, put it, let's pair him with Ricky Fowler. Yeah, who can hit, who can hit 240 to a green. Mm-hmm. You know, and make some putts potentially. Right. And also, we didn't have any distance off the tee. We went from a team that was all distance off the tee to a team that kind of couldn't keep up distance with Rory or Rom. Sky Scheffler and Brooks Kepka are our biggest drivers with Wyndham Clark, maybe. Yeah. Luvid Aberg probably just goes just as far as Brooks and Scotty. Easy. Um, Rory goes farther than anybody else. Rom goes farther than uh, Scotty and Brooks and, and Wyndham. And just accurate, too. Like, we had no driving distance. Yeah, it was tough. Like, and we, if that's the case, why are we not... Right, so we play Whistling Straits. It should be all bomb and gouge for us. We go back to Bethpage Black. We better find some big ball hitters in the U.S. You got to bring... You need Cameron Champ 
next year to come in. <laughs> no, we're not taking camera champ. Gotta, I love it. We got to bring. He was in talks of making it. Maybe you're thinking of you're thinking of Cameron Young. Cameron Young, thank you. Okay, my Cameron Champ. No, he Cameron was, Young. He was outside the one, maybe no, no. the one fifty. Cameron Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I he mean, could bring he, Cameron Young. Yeah, bring some long boys. Like yeah. that's what we do. Then Agreed. we go to Europe. Let's find some boys who can find some fairways and hit some greens. Mm-hmm. Like let's start hitting, hitting people who can actually drive the ball. And I get like a lot of it. You can't choose like. I think um, Jordan does, was Jordan Spieth a team pick. Yeah, he was a captain's pick. Like tough. Yeah, it's it's so brutal. And the buddy buddy thing I get works works too really well. It's a great concept, but if we're just struggling to get like things going, like you gotta switch it up. Now we gotta go money ball. I agree. Like Brooks Kepka is not playing with Scotty Shuffler. Brooks play Brooks Kepka should be playing with like Wyndham Clark mm-hmm. or um someone more temperament level to him. Brian Harmon, he should be playing with Patrick Cantley. He used to be, I think you used to actually play with Patrick Cantley. And that should have been what the matchup was. I would have put Yeah, we got to ch- uh, the the matchups that we had out there, we didn't switch it up fast enough. It just wasn't really clicking, so I really yeah. hope that we can maybe switch it up for the uh, the captain's pick. I wish we could like maybe vote for it. You can like push guys to do it. Like I don't know how that actually works. We'll love to see Tiger Woods rejuvenate them, or maybe not this time, but when we're going over to Europe, put Tiger I think Woods. The Tiger captain Woods of that team. over at Europe would be great. Um, a captain for us locally this year. Um, Freddie Couples. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Freddie would be great at Beth Page. Um, I don't know. That would be like the only guy I can really think of, but I think he's done it before. I'm sure he has. Can you not do it twice? Maybe you can. I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be Zach Johnson again. Tell you that much. Yeah, I don't think so, dude. That was tough. We also didn't train. We also just took a month and a half off. Right. And people didn't even show up for the practice round. Yeah. So people didn't show up for the practice round. Like, I get it. You don't want to, like, if you don't want to do it, you want to get paid. You don't want to do the practice round. Don't come. Don't, don't come. Say no. Say no to the golf trip. And that's fine. fine. That's fine. I get it. Like, you People, don't want to do that? Great. Like, who cares? Like, let's get, let's get a big dog in there that wants to be there and, like, train and... Wants to be here. And, you know, they take... Granted, they take a lot of they they play a lot during the season. They're traveling, they're swinging, they need the body to heal. So once they're done, it's like you know a great relief. But like, can we like take a week off and then like train for another three weeks to ramp back up for the Ryder Cup again? It's a big deal. Well, I would just don't understand if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. Overall, anyways, nice so, job, you're up. Um, let's get into the cabbage here a bit, buddy. Um, a little bit of our weekends. We uh, hit up a bar. The Wayfair went to a little 90s night. Uh, what a great spot that place is. That's it's why, just really that's, special. That's why the voice is still feeling, hearing, sounding a little little scratchy. Raspy. Yeah, a little raspy. The boys got days. a little turn up. It was a good time. It always is. It's, you know, Blink-182 covers and sync. It's all 
It's all of it. It's, it's all a great what, band. It's all what you want. It's a great in band. In a tiny too. little venue, great band. They do all the singers awesome. They do a really good job. Guitar soloist is just like the guitarist is going vertical on this thing, playing above his head. Yeah. He's saxophone player, keyboard. It. It's great. You're hammered. It's they 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 rock. You get back and you're just cross-eyed at the end. Of <laughs> Most of the times you come yeah, back from one of these events. And it's awesome. It's nice to blow off a little steam. I think you really got to be in the mood for it. You do. You, you, can't, really man, you do. can't really manufacture that vibe. You kind of all have to be like, it's got to be a vibe where you all haven't hung out in a while. You haven't gotten drunk in a while. It's time to, you know, work's been hard. Turn it up. I let the demons loose that night on Friday. You really did, my friend. It was you great. Really, you really... That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that place is great. I mean, you get just, it's obscenely loud. It's almost like illegal loud. It has to be. I know. It gets very loud. I You can't hear a single word other than the band. I'm screaming in your ear. You're like, I can't hear you. Then until you leave that little section and you're right. fine. Then you're good. Um, and so that's why it's like a perfect bar, cheap, or uh, the drinks, pretty cheap. Right. I think we got like, you know, it was like six, nine, like nine drinks in total because we were come like covering cons like with tip, like 75, 80 bucks. It's pretty nice. It's that's you, you can't, you'd be hard pressed to find any place with those prices right there. And you just the drinks are very strong. The very atmosphere, strong drinks. It's the atmosphere is great. $10 cover. That's it. That's it. And you go have yourself an absolute time. You come out cross eyed. And uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, a little highlight before we get to a little, no, let's get to a little bit of low light here. Um, car got broken into. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Well, for the second time, I found out what. Yeah, so second time. My second I drive here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I drive my dad's old truck. The truck's not valuable by any means, but I guess the parts are, and it's a very easy car to jack and steal. So it's a very popular car for that. Um, went to my car, was just walking, keeping my head down like I normally do. And then I saw some glass on the floor. thought, oh, that's weird. It looks like a beer glass or a bar glass. Mm-hmm. No big deal, right? Open my door and a bunch of glass falls out. Oh, shit, dude. And it's everywhere now. I'm looking down like, oh, my God, it's everywhere. In the car as well? In the car. Yeah. God damn it. And I don't keep anything in this car. It's empty. It's an empty car. Thank God, because like, like I, I keep my I keep my sticks in the car. Right. Yeah. So empty, empty car. Um. And nothing is taken. The stereo still in it. Nothing wrong with the ignition. He just it, to me, it seems like it was broken into by a kid. Mm. How to do a police report based on my HOA's recommendation because they're not going to help me in any sort of way at all. And, um, yeah, man, I think it's just a kid came by with a tool and just smashed it. That's my only guess. But now I think someone actually jacked it because I walked into the guy to get replaced my window and my lock on my driver's side door is punched in. And I thought maybe it was just an older car. I mean, my dad had it that way for a long time maybe yeah. because people can get in it certain ways. I don't know. But it was punched in fully. And that's another sign of someone trying to jack your car. So it's happened to me twice. I just didn't notice it the first time because I thought that was just like a Wait, thing. so the first time he was punching in your, your lock. And, and then, then the second like, time is second like time the, he window broke break. the window. So he punched my lock months ago. 
Because you noticed it months ago, right? I noticed it months ago, but I thought, oh, weird. Like, maybe I just never really noticed. That's not my so, car. Right, that's so strange. So, I mean, I thought my dad's car was that way. I just kind of got it, so I don't know for a fact. And then, sure as shit, like, months ago, that's, like that's, a couple weeks, or last week. That's pretty fucked up. Come back, my window smashed. So, that was shitty. And just, you are know you gonna, what? Are you going to park the car in the garage now? No. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's it. I'm just gonna park it farther down by like the homes over there. Okay. Um, instead of like being closer to the exit, um, which is you know sucks. But you know what was great that came of it? Like I was bummed, and it, it pissed me off for sure. But like at the end of the day, the cops aren't gonna catch the dude ever. Right. Like how is that ever gonna happen? We have no cameras in our complex at all. So no way of seeing who walks in or out. And you want to talk about just straight robbery in broad daylight is yeah. HOA companies. Oh yeah. I called them and I actually, you know, called them three times, left three voicemails to my board and my HOA, not my board, but my, to my HOA vendor that like processes the payments and does like all the back paperwork. That's and all stuff. they do. They're just raking in money every month. Right. And, and they're just busy counting and it back there. Bending, busy <laughs> bending me over. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's taking ridiculous. all of our money. Oh, um, sorry, we're a little busy. We can't take your your fourth call. Right. So they basically just they just do the back end paperwork, and that's legitimately that's it. And uh, called them three times, left three separate voicemails. She finally got back to me yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? I called you like Wednesday, Friday, and like Saturday, and. You what just were you even trying to connect with her about? Something super I just simple? Didn't, I didn't know, like, one, do I need to report this? I don't know. I've never had my car window broken. Sure. Like, do other people know? People might want to know as right. well. Like, and so I'm just trying to figure out, like, do they have cameras? Are there any cameras anywhere I don't know about? Um, Sure as shit. Like, no, I don't. And she was like, you know, basically all you can really do is grab your ankles and pull your pants down because... <laughs> that's what we're going to do here God. to you. And I'm like, cool, that's fine. And I just was like, why? You know, I'm in, I've am in. i been in the real estate industry for a long time. I have family in it still. Uh, my wife's in it. We got like lawyers who do it. And I'm like, why are we paying $400 for a community where there's no like real nice amenities? And there's, and there's uh, maybe it's property tax. I don't know. Maybe I just don't know about it, but... What are they doing? There's also no cameras. Right. It's not like they've got a freaking, um, you know, a Japanese garden that you no. can like walk through with koi fish and like. Nothing, nothing where $400 a month should be worth it for like 80 units. Dude, you're and thinking about 80 units and 400 bucks dude, a, month. a month. And you're like, dude, where is this cash going? Right. And, and I can't even, like, get a hold of you. Like, I'm trying to call you for four days. Right. And I was like, where, how is this happening? And she's like, I understand. I'm like, I know this is a lot of money for an HOA. I know new home communities are cheaper than what we're paying. And I so what are we paying for? What are we, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, you get your budget in November and you can see it. But I could tell you a lot of it is um, maintenance because your community is old. Thirty-two thousand dollars in maintenance a month. Three hundred, yeah, thirty-two thousand dollars. And I'm, I'm guessing there's only eighty units. And I bet you there's people who pay more in HOA fees because they have three bedroom units. And I bet you there's people who pay slightly less HOA because they have like one bedroom units. 
Still, dude. I think there's more than 80 units in here. Thinking I would about agree. It, but, but I don't know. I, I rounded down. I bet you were closer to like a hundred. Maybe more. Um, Crazy, dude. And, you know, and she's like, oh, and you, you know, you park outside your garage at your own risk. And I just was like, at my own risk? It's my house. <laughs> right. Like, what the? I'm not parking on the street. Mean? Like, I'm in my community. Right. The, there should be a gate. Not, it should not be at my own risk. I get it. Like, if my neighbor breaks my car, that's tough. But like this is like God be somebody. It's, it's not a neighbor. It's not right. a neighbor. And also, you know, if there if there's if the HOA is so on it, they're also just towing cars when I'm parking here without a freaking pass. And right. Like we two, got a guy who can tow cars, in, no problem. In two hours, but we can't get a couple cameras on the right. On the I got, I got a, a parking monitor running around here at eleven <laughs> o'clock at night <laughs> who does nothing besides just tow cars. And um, anyways. And that sucked. And I just, you know, we you know my, my cousin gave me a call. He had these like club level seats for free for an Angels game. Oh, nice. Same night it happened. I'm like, you know, normally, oh, like, what would I do? Should I just dwell on this and sit here? Or should Mass and I, like, I wasn't going to go get groceries. I wasn't going to make dinner. So I might as well go get dinner at the ballpark. And we just took off and went to the Angel game. And it was great. There you go. That's a little silver lining right there, right. baby. That's and a little last like, you know second what? move. You know what? Like, that doesn't sound like you. No, it wasn't very <laughs> me. I, if it would. Brought on by the car breaking in, you're like, I got to turn this around a little bit. Kind of. And also, like, I would have gotten groceries that day, but didn't have the opportunity. You were going to be productive when you were right. trying to be. So, okay. Yeah. So it kind of worked out. And certain things opened up. And it was a great time. But the highlight is you came over this weekend on Sunday. And the boys have been craving chicken wings. And we can't, for the love of us, find a good chicken wing anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking high and low. They're super expensive. They all taste kind of similar. They're not crispy. They're just eh. And we came in there. We fumbled around a little bit, but they went, we ended up putting our foot in it. Yeah. The, the last couple batches. I dude. think the chicken, f- um, like tenders we made, we ended up making tenders. Those are bomb. Fire. Really bomb. Really good. Then we ended up frying off our first batch of, I don't know how many wings we made. It was 60? a lot. It was a lot of wings. It was about... In total, after the other two packages where our moms went to the grocery store real quick and grabbed more, that was about nine pounds of chicken wings. Wow. I owe you money, so don't, don't let me forget. Um, we, nine pounds of chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, dude. We were flying through those and things. And we just did it really simple. We just salted it, and then it was just frying it like that's ourselves. All, that's, it. that's it. Just frying it in there. We you just, brought over your Dutch oven, which was clutch. A gallon of canola oil, as many chicken wings. Dude, I mean, we had so many chicken wings. It, we, it fed like 15 people. It would be so easy if it was just me, you, like our girls and Chris and Court, and we like actually wanted to like pay attention to the football game and stuff like that and what was really going on. It would have been one of the easiest meals we've ever made for a group of people. Can we talk about the ranch that we made as well? Yeah, homemade ranch. Holy your boys, your boys went in. Fuck. The homemade <laughs> ranch, bro. The homemade ranch was really different. It was super great. It's so easy. We made lemon pepper wets. Yeah, those were great. 
and we made buffalo sauce that was my favorite. I agree, it could have been a little hotter, but we got it up to the got up to the right temp. First batch of wings, perfectly cooked, nice like tender meat, n- not crunchy. Yeah, no char. But no which was crunch. fine. It was still a great wing. I was gonna be like, this is great. I'm not worried about it. It's awesome. But sure enough, we kind of checked it. You kind of mentioned something like, I just we both kind of like, I don't think it's just getting hot enough. And we figured it out. It definitely wasn't. Cranked that thing up. Did two batch, three batch fries on yeah, some dude. wings, and they came out a triple fry brat batch of uh, chicken wings. Too. Came out crispy. Yeah. <laughs> Tossed that with some, you know, buffalo sauce, making my mouth water, and a gallon of ranch on those things. A little MSG in there too. Oh, we we bought MSG. <laughs> I have a bag of MSG now. Don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but I think if I'm just gonna make something really shitty. Asian food for sure. Right. Something really shitty. I want to just add a little something to. Um, maybe sprinkle it on like, I don't know, a sauce I'm making. Fuck it. You throw it on some steak maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, just I'm going to figure out. Some I'm, gonna stuff ex- to- I'm for sure going to experiment with it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Just experience, it just comes naturally, but it was a blast. It was super fun to um, hang out with everybody. It was a wow. It just felt like a really great time. The vibe of the the place was really rocking at my mom's house. It was buzzing for sure. And your mom had the full spread out with the donuts and the bagels mm-hmm. when we got there. Something special about a cream cheese bagel, dude. I yeah. don't know what it is. I want to do the boil. I do want to do a separate um, Sunday where we do wings again. Um, Would love to. Just like at a, a very small, we can get the bagels that, you know, from boil and bake? Yes, boil and bake. Yeah, like, that'll we'll change do, your life, bro. We'll have to do that because it's one of these times where we kind of just go back and forth, make it super easy for ourselves. Like, we probably should just do it here because um, we can avoid the kitchen at all costs after the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a blast, super fun. I um, can't wait to do something like that with you again soon. Uh, probably the batch of fun. It's always fun cooking. I love it. If I if, if we want to go and cook something, we always have a good time and en- enjoy doing it. Well, you and I, I think really, I really enjoy doing it with you because I'm not doing all of the work. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, we're very equal. Like, let's just salt this, salt that. We understand, you know, the, the timing of us of a couple certain things when you need to start to get things going. What's the priority here? You know, we kind of already we're we're doing that in our everyday lives. Well, really good cutting and cooking and doing multiple things so yeah one person might be cutting the other person's cleaning we're kind it's of fun doing it together we get through it pretty fast mm-hmm. and it's always really really good it's also nice when you got like the yeah it's it's pretty bomb we never not dime something if we go for it we go to execute it to the you know to its fullest what's the it's best fun. thing you think we've ever made <laughs> that's so tough um, dude, I think in depth wise, but not taste wise, um, the meal that we had for my bachelor party. Yeah, it was fire. Um, cause Mac or cause Zach had the Mac and cheese and then we came through with like a massive, like prime rib mm-hmm. and we made like a crazy jus with the drippings and like, it was pretty fire. It was pretty bomb. Then we made like a horseradish mayo. At that point, though, like we were just feeling so. It was like what day five of the bachelor party. It was so much work. It was right. a lot of work. Yeah, but it was fire. I really enjoyed it. I would have done it again. 
and maybe not been just absolutely trashed hammered while doing it. The one that I do love is the California um, California burritos. Yes, the surf and turf or the, just the California burritos that we made down in San Diego at my aunt and uncle's yeah, house. That was a lot. I, for whatever reason. Uh, Slapped. It was really good. We do Mexican food, you and I, very well. Really well. That's, a, that's, for, that's my biggest strength for sure. Right. For just um, a couple of, you know, gringos who are heads of Mexican food. We do a great job. I think we at, just have the ingredients down here for it too. Right. It's just, I mean, we've been eating it our whole lives. We just know it really well. Yeah. Um, we do wings really well. Yeah, we do. People were raving about those wings. Yeah. The people really liked the lemon pepper. I didn't All really think. Of, I liked them. I didn't think it was that game. I, I personally liked the Buffalo more. I liked the Buffalo too. I was a Buffalo guy. I think you and I were the only ones on the Buffalo train. I think maybe it was a little bit on the salty side. I thought maybe that was. For sure. It was. That was it. That was but the I only thing. I didn't salt it. I didn't salt it really either. I just yeah. put a little MSG in there. I made a buffalo sauce um, a I while back. I put like a pinch. Yeah, I made a buffalo sauce um, with Mikey a while back. That was absolutely fire. So maybe I'll have to try making that again. And the lemon pepper, I think I want to make my own lemon pepper next time. Next time. Because I think the lemon pepper had too much salt in it. And it made it a little salty. But I, threw, mm. ended, up, I ended up kind of remixing it on my own. I made did some garlic in there. It's I did typically see that. not supposed to be in it. And then, it was just lemon, pepper, garlic. Yeah. And butter. I mean, it's not going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's They're like, what's in it? I'm like, legitimately butter, garlic, and lemon pepper. And add a sprinkle of MSG. And people were just losing it. Losing it. <laughs> well, it, it was also the triple fry. When we got the wings, the cook on the wings down, mm -hmm. that was pretty special. Oh, that was man. good stuff, Good dude. stuff. I can't wait to do it again. Um, now for everybody's favorite segment to round off the podcast here. <laughs> the good old fade us Come over segment. and catch some L's with us, dude. Yeah. Don't catch L's with us. Bet us opposite of us and you'll win money. Yep. So we went 0-2 last week. Um, we went Green Bay to win. They lost. Romeo Dobbs over yards. I forget the exact yards he hit. And then um, I forget who else we bet on. He didn't hit, so it was a parlay. They went garbage fast, two. bro. I think we're like one in ten right now. We have a record of one in ten. That is correct. <laughs> it's really it's, tough. Yeah, it sticks with me. Yeah, we need to start turning this around. <laughs> it's so but bad. But for your guys' free week this week for your Thursday night football, it's Washington Commanders versus the Bears. Um, not a great game, obviously. It's going to be hard to watch, but we're going to do it anyways. We I felt like we took this you know half this podcast we're talking trash on chicago right now i mean they're trash <laughs> they're so bad they're the worst organization in sports right now it's awful any sport it's they're the worst organization yeah it's awful they're the laughing stock of the nfl at the moment i mean and and the nba yeah it's and bad. the nhl it's, it's bad. just they're really really trashy um so we're not going to touch them with money we're going to go opposite we're going to do a little parlay we're going to go Washington with the win, and we're going to bet the under 44 points. I believe you put $10 on that bet. It's plus 145 odds. I think you win like 20 or 25. I thought it was 10 to win like 18 or something. Yeah, like 10 to win 18 maybe. Yeah. It's not much, but it's some action. You know, maybe a winner for you. Make the boys come back. We might come back 2 and 10. Be real fire. I really hope. Selfishly, you know, you guys are fading over there, but selfishly, 
boys got to get a dub. We boys got to start winning. You guys cash. are cashing in too much. I know. <laughs> yeah. No more winning for you guys. All right, buddy. Well, after the Fatum podcast, you got anything for the pay- or Fatum segment? You got anything for the people? Nah, dude. Let's wrap this. Let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, we gotta go watch some TV and call ourselves a night here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, comment, subscribe. We're on all major listening platforms. We're soon coming out with a website. There will soon be merch. There will soon be video. These are in the works. So stick with us. Um, shout out to Jake. And Devin for helping us out with our podcast. You guys, we couldn't do it without you. Um, just a reminder, keep swinging.